All right, everybody, welcome to a new podcast here at Blaze Review, Beyond the Bases, where we are talking all things MLB and our good friend, Wesley McFan. We, we grew up um, loving sports and everything, man, so it's good to finally have you on some Blaze content. Yeah, man, good to be here. I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And before we dive too much into like baseball and everything, because I mean, this is one, I'm going to be listening to you a lot during this podcast because um, you sent me extensive notes before we started this. So I can tell you're really, you know, into what's going on in the MLB. But um, just kind of start out telling everybody about yourself and your background a little bit with baseball and how you kind of got to become the fan you are. Okay. Yeah. Um, so started watching baseball as a little kid, probably like most people. Uh, it was my grandpa's favorite sport. So whenever I'd go to my grandpa's house, he always had the Reds game on. You know, Joey Votto, Brandon Phillips, those guys, that whole crew, legendary. Um, but yeah, that's that's really how it started. And the Reds, they they were never they were never super good when I was watching them. I think the last time they won the series was '95, yeah. right? Uh, so, I mean, it's it's been a while since they've won, mm-hmm. but that's kind of just how sports goes. You know, you. Just, you pick a team and you either you either ride with them or you die with them. So, oh yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, I this year I've been I've been watching them a lot more a lot more frequently mm-hmm. because they've actually been winning games, and it's super exciting just the level of play that they're at now in the season. So, but a little bit about myself. Um, I'm a year older than Andy. I'm 27. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I live I live in uh, Arizona. You know, me and the me and the boys are kind of spread out at this point in our lives, but we still we still talk quite a bit. Oh yeah, and uh, yeah, I love the outdoors. My my little man cave right here. I got fish on the wall and guns in the corner. So got it uh, going a on. A little bit of everything on my plate. Heck yeah, you do. Yeah, it's actually funny. I loved how you touched on the Reds a little bit too, because I do remember growing up. Um, we were always I felt like head like heavy on basketball and football. And baseball was kind of one we, we paid attention to, but it was like, eh, because we went to like Angels games. We were going to California and everything. Yeah. Like We had gone to Reds games, but it was like the Reds were never like that good. So seeing what they're doing this year, it is really special. And I was just reading through a lot of the stuff that um, you had sent me before we started doing this. And I was like, man, it really is crazy to see what they're doing this year. Like it's something that we haven't seen in our lifetime because you see they're breaking records from like 1920 in like a, a month and it's just like yeah that's unheard yeah it's crazy to see what they're doing this year yeah and I'm, I'm really excited to see what they'll do with the rest of their season yeah because the first the first part of the year they didn't start out great they started out typical cincinnati reds you know losing games losing home games losing critical games against their divisional opponents so but now now they're hitting balls well getting balls in play yeah. And even even infield hits because the team is so fast, the fastest team in the MLB. Yeah. So they're putting balls in the infield and, and hustling to get to the first base, which which is good to see. You know, you see a lot of a lot of, you know, veterans who will hit an infield ball and just kind of jog to first base or even jog back to the dugout. They don't even put the effort in. So it's good to see the young crew in Cincinnati being aggressive out there. Yeah, I'm sure this is something we'll probably touch on to at some point during this podcast, but just um like the speed of the game now, just as a whole, it, it just this season seems a lot, I don't know, something about baseball this year just seems a lot more exciting than it has been um, past times in our life. But one of the things we wanted to talk about today, um, and I guess it brings us to four different teams, um, post All-Star game, who are some of the teams you're excited to watch this year? So if we're starting in the, uh, we'll start the National League, um, the Braves, that was one team you sent me. So 
What are some things you're looking for from the Braves um, in the second half of the season? The Braves, I, I want to see them still hitting home runs. You know, uh, Matt Olson leads the team in home runs and RBIs. He actually hit a grand slam today in the first inning. Mm-hmm. I watched a little highlight on that, which is crazy. Zero outs in the first inning and he hits a home run. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, as long as they keep hitting, hitting like they are, um, and you have uh, Ronald Acuna Jr. stealing bases like stealing bases like they don't exist. So, I mean, he's up there. He's up. I think he'll be in the 40-40 club by the end of the year. He's projected to hit 41 home runs at this point. Mm-hmm. So, I, their schedule is a little bit tougher, you know, throughout the throughout the half, the the end of this season. Mm-hmm. But I think as long as they focus on what they've got working for them now, mm-hmm. I think I think they'll be I think they'll be in the World Series. Yeah. One, I will say this next one uh, that you sent me made me a little upset being the Dodgers fan that I am. <laughs> but, I mean, it's good, though, to see that their division is a little more competitive now. The Diamondbacks are another team, too, that you were looking for. Um, in the second yeah. Season. Yeah, so I live in Arizona, right? So if right, I didn't so. say something about the Diamondbacks, <laughs> you know, so I'd have people with picket fences outside my outside my house. <laughs> but, yeah, dude, I mean, I like the D-backs. You know, they're not they're not crazy on offense they're not crazy on defense or or pitching staff but they're a good all-around team and I like I like to see them kind of giving the Dodgers a little bit of little bit of nudge you know you're not you're not necessarily top dog anymore you got Mookie Betts you got that whole squad you got Clayton Kershaw Freddie Freeman throwing throwing what yeah Freddie Freeman um the whole crew out there in in, uh, LA is great Mm -hmm. and it's good to see the D-backs you know coming in with Corbin Corbin Carroll, the yeah. rookie of the year prospect, dude. He's he's the first rookie to to uh, appear in the All Star game since 2012, I think, is what I wrote down. So they were showing a graphic the other day, I believe it was on ESPN, of the rookie of the year odds, and he like he's just climbing up the ladder every time. It seems like you look at it, like the betting odds and everything, he's just moving up further and further. Yeah, no, he's he's a he's a solid he's a solid asset to that team. Yeah, uh, Diamondbacks. So, and I, I even wrote in my notes, you know, Judge Aaron Judge was the last rookie to appear in the All Star game yeah. in, his, in his debut season. Yeah. So if 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 that's any sort of level of what Corbin Carroll is playing, can we see Corbin maybe take that kind of effort and take that leadership role in the team, kind of like Aaron Judge does? Yeah, work. I wanted to ask you because when you are looking at that National League, like the West, that division, when you have teams like, you know, the Dodgers, the Diamondbacks, and the Giants, it seems like every once in a while you have some teams that are kind of shoe ins. Um, the Padres, I haven't like followed it too closely, but I know those three teams, at least right now, the Dodgers, Diamondbacks, and Giants, they've all kind of been for the last two, three years, kind of the ones. What do you like? What do you think that means for baseball when you have like three teams? like in a division that kind of keeps it competitive versus like one team just blows everybody else out. Well, honestly, it keeps the interdivisional games more interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, a lot of people like, especially here in Arizona, we hate the Dodgers, right? So <laughs> I don't want to break your heart. No, you're but... <laughs> Rightfully so, like I said. But when there's more competitive nature in those games, mm-hmm. it makes it, it, you know, people go to those games and people get interacted in the, in the actual game itself. Mm-hmm. And you get more, you actually get more offense and defensive plays when the crowd is involved in the game, just like football, just like every other sport, really. When the crowd is in it and, you know, the players on the field, they can hear it and feel it. <clears throat> there's a little bit more 
emotion to it. So they yeah. play with their hearts, not just because they're getting a paycheck. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Um, American League teams, Tampa Bay Rays, they were one team that I think they've kind of taken a lot of people by surprise this year, at least how they started. Um, oh, yeah. What are, what are you looking for from them? Honestly, uh, let me see what I wrote down here. The Tampa Bay Rays. So they have a 149-point differential, mm-hmm. which means that they've scored 149 more runs than they've been scored on. So that tells you, number one, yeah. that their offense is doing really well. Mm-hmm. And number two, that their bullpen is keeping up. Yeah. So I'd like to see them still continue with that and still be able to win games, you know, above and beyond just, you know, one or one or two run game. Like right. Keep them coming. Keep them coming. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, they're second in the league in RBIs and stolen bases, third in the league in home runs and fourth in ERA. So you get you get a a company like that yeah. who's hitting balls, who's stealing bases, and their ERAs up there to match. I mean, they're hard to beat. Yeah, and it's actually funny because when I think of the Tampa Bay Rays and I think about the Reds, just how Reds started slow, they heat up. Tampa Bay starts out fast, and it's almost like you kind of wonder how long can teams keep that up for and start out that fast because. It was actually funny. I was reading, not to jump ahead too far, but when I was reading your Shohei Otani notes, which we're going to touch on a little bit, you just wonder, like, how long can certain things last? And I was like, okay, the Tampa Bay Rays. I don't really know how long this is going to last, but it's good to, like, have a different team, I guess, like, up there now to where it's like, yeah. you know. I mean, look look at a couple of years ago, you got the Cubs and the Indians. Yeah. Who, they won the World Series one year, and then they won, and they haven't been back since. Exactly. <clears throat> so it's not necessarily... Baseball is tricky, dude. Baseball, it's not, it's not one game to win. You know, right. there's 162 games a year, and it's a lot. It's a lot of playing time. So yeah. you could have a bad week, you can have a bad month, and you can still come out on top. Yeah. You know, football is a little different. Basketball is <clears throat> is probably a little bit in the middle. You know, probably similar. Right. But um, but yeah, it it, it does kind of make you wonder how how long can they keep up this winning. For, mm-hmm. you know, is it 162 games this year? Or is it, uh, you know, two years, three years? Like, yeah, know, is it is it a coaching thing? Or is are they being coached really well? Mm-hmm. Is it young? Is it a young staff? So I mean, it all depends. A lot of factors to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Baltimore Orioles. That was the other team you had for the American League. Yeah, and they're kind of they're kind of my underdogs. So the way I did this was uh-huh. I tried to pick you know a team that's. I think is flying away with the colors and then another team that might be snuck, you know, sliding under the radar yeah. a little bit. So a lot of people probably would have picked the Texas Rangers here. Oh, okay. Right. So I actually had written down the Rangers because I was going to ask you about them because of the fast start they got off to and they kind of tapered off towards the all-star break. I had, they had a five and 11 record. I was like, I want to ask Wesley about the Rangers and see what his opinion is on them. So I'm glad you mentioned them. Yeah, no, I like, I like the Rangers. I do. I like them. I don't think that I don't think they're a postseason team, mm-hmm. right? Um, I actually wrote down the Orioles have been playing some tight baseball, right? Mm-hmm. They have the best road record in the in baseball, bested only by the Braves. Yeah. So the only better team on the road is the best team in the MLB wow. compared to the Orioles. Yeah. So what it takes to get to the the World Series is winning those uh, road games, mm-hmm. you know. So of course, you know, you want to win every game you can, but a lot of the, a lot of the the weighty games 
are the ones you take from your opponent in their stadium. Yeah. So I like the Orioles here because they actually, they're kind of navigating their road games like they are their home games. Yeah. You know, they're not, they're not just settling down, settling in, you know, we got three games here, so mm -hmm. let's just get it over with. No, they're, they're playing hard ball. Yeah. So, the, so those fast starts in baseball, is that, is that like a dangerous thing, like what the Rangers got off to? Because since they have, so they have like a little bit of a cushion, it seems like because of how fast they started. It can be. Yeah, yeah I think it, I think it can be if it gets to your head. Yeah. You know, just like football. You know, yeah. I mean, a lot of sports are similar in that aspect. You know, you get ahead of yourself and you're like, oh, I'm playing the Reds this, you know, the next three days and they're not great. Yeah. And then, you know, drop three games at mm -hmm. home to the Reds or something. And, you know, a team at the bottom of the bottom of the barrel or say even the Oakland A's, you know, they're not great this year. They, they haven't been in a while. Yeah. But um, but you think about dropping games to them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it, it can be dangerous, you know, in that mental aspect of of playing a playing a sport yeah well it's even like the pittsburgh steelers i look at them a couple of years ago i think it might have been it was either two or three seasons ago where they got off that 11 and 0 start and everybody swore they're like oh pittsburgh is going to the they're going to the super bowl they're going to win it but <laughs> you look at they were playing like the jaguars the jets and everybody at the time and the jags hadn't really they hadn't become what they are now and the jets definitely aren't what they are now it was everybody no. the steelers fans were so delusional and i was like yeah. that just feels kind of like how it is with the Rangers where it's like, okay, fast start, fall off, you know, what does that mean for your postseason? So I'm glad you uh, you had that ready to go. I was like, man, this is really interesting. I wonder what he thinks about them. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, don't get me wrong. I like the Rangers. Yeah. They, they definitely go out and play. You mm -hmm. know, they're not, you, they're managed pretty well. Uh, they got a good core, mm -hmm. but I, I think the Orioles make a better, a better postseason team than the Rangers. Mm -hmm. So un unpack this for me because there's there's a lot to Shohei Otani. I think um, what where he could potentially oh, yeah. land, um, the contract thing for next season is interesting. People want him to get paid. I forgot who said it the other day, but they were like six hundred million next year. And I was like, I was like, gee, I was like, dude, that is yeah, it's it's crazy. But like you said, in in the notes you sent me, he got drafted in 2018. And he's kind of become a household name now. And that was why I was curious because I was like, I hadn't really heard of Otani until like last year, this year, but he's been around for a few years now. So just kind of unpack yeah. the whole situation for him and just him as a player, like landing spots, everything. So I think there's a couple routes Otani can go. Mm -hmm. uh, I'll start with this. The way, the way I look at it is pretty linear. I don't think, I, I, I know Otani knows that he's good. Yeah, I know that he knows he's at the top of his game right now. Mm -hmm. So he's looking at it two different ways. Either I want to get paid or I want to go somewhere that I'm going to have fun and, it, you know, in my career on a high note, wherever it may be. Mm -hmm. And the way I look at it is if he wants money, he's going to either go to the Yankees because they're the most valuable, you know, franchise in the whole MLB or the Dodgers. Mm -hmm. Just right up the freeway. You know, he would be at home, kind of. You know, yeah. he's still in California. But I that would just be for the money. And I, I don't think we're going to see any record-breaking contracts. Because, mm -hmm. like, we'll cycle back around to what we were saying a little earlier, is that how long can he keep it up? Yeah. You know, he's, he's at the top of his game right now, and I think most people can kind of realize that. He's got the highest OPS in baseball. He's got a 3.5 ERA. Like, he's killing it. He yeah. has the most home runs in the in the MLB right now yeah 
So, I mean, how, how long is it feasible to keep that kind of level of play up in the major leagues? Yeah. Is he just having a super good year? Mm-hmm. Or is he just seeing the ball really well? Is he juicing? Who knows? <laughs> but... <Yeah. laughs> hey, no, that's, that's always a question. Like, hey, like, just even NBA guys, it's like after after they have one great game, it's like, all right, we got to test these guys now. Yeah. 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 Um, so, I mean, I... I, and the other route he could go, like I said, was was his emotional route. You know, he loves Seattle. Seattle loves yeah. him, and Seattle's a winning team. You know, they're not they're not ninety games. You know, not a hundred games a year winning, but they're they're just above five hundred for the most part, and they're doing pretty well this year too. Yeah. And when he was in um, when he was in Seattle for the All Star game, they were chanting Otani. Yeah, and you kind of see the smirk on his face. He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, guys, I know, I, I like it here too. Yeah. So. If if I had to guess, mm-hmm. I think he's gonna go to Seattle, but I think it'll be at the end of the season. Okay. I think he's gonna stay in Anaheim to finish out to finish out this year because the Angels they're gonna want too much for him, and no one's gonna give them what they want. Yeah, you so you, you I mean you know how this works in sports when when guys will leave a team and there's always kind of ill feelings between the fan base. And do you think? the Anaheim Angels fan base would have any toward like feelings like that toward him or do you absolutely more of a like okay we're happy what he did for us we're happy to we had him what would the what would the mood be like you think well I think well it depends on where he goes to because yeah. Seattle is actually in the same division as the Angels yeah so if he went to Seattle there would definitely be a little bit of butt hurt going around they'd be pretty <laughs> upset yeah I, I think mm-hmm. I would be you know, if if a <clears throat> if a showstopper Reds player went to the Cubs or something or the Pirates, oh. I'd be pretty butthurt. Yeah, you know, but yeah. Um, rightfully so. But if he went somewhere for money, I mean, can you blame the guy? No. You know, if he's getting if he's getting the five hundred and eighty million dollar contract or whatever it may be, mm-hmm. can you blame him? He's at the top of his game, so. Yeah, I've always felt like people who get mad at players and coaches for going somewhere in certain situations for more money. I've never understood that because it was even like Deion Sanders going to Colorado. People were mad at him, and I'm sitting here like, would you rather make 550k at a JUCO or go coach a <laughs> Pac-12 school, make three or four million? You get a bunch of transfers that go. It's almost like, why? Why could you be mad at that? I mean, because I mean, when you think about it. I mean, Deion Sanders, I like, really put Jackson State like on the map. So, I mean, you got to sometimes just appreciate what the like players and coaches have done for your team and just realize that and just kind of keep it moving sometimes, I think. So, yeah, 100%. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. Um, Ronald Acuna Jr., you, we touched on him a little bit earlier, but um, talk a little bit about, you know, just the records that he's on pace to break and some of the things he's doing <laughs> this year. Because when you look at it, like, it's really impressive – from a like a historical perspective. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, he he can swing, he can hit the ball. There's no doubt about it. He's got one of the best averages in baseball, uh, an, an OPS of almost one. I think he's second or third, I didn't write it down, but I think he's second or third just under Otani. So he's hitting the ball really well. Mm-hmm. And he plays defensive defensive ball really well too. He's quick. Yeah. He's super fast. He'll he'll steal runs from you. He'll jump and hit the fence. Like uh he's he's a good defensive player too. Yeah. Um he I wrote down a couple little snippets, but he's the first player in MLB history to record 15 home runs and 30 stolen bases in the team's set first 70 games. Wow. Yeah. So yeah. if you think about what kind of what kind of level he's playing at, 
he's the he's the first one to ever do that yeah. in the history of recorded baseball wow. and that's that kind of tells you what what kind of player he is he, his heart's in the game yeah you know, he loves to play the game um he he was the fastest to reach 20 home runs and 40 stolen bases and he how only many games did, how many did it take him to do that 84 84 okay yeah okay. wow yeah so almost every four days he's hitting the home run. <laughs> Jeez. That's crazy. Once no, or twice a week in, in the major league, in the major league aspect of things, he's hitting the home run dingers out of the park, wow. which is nuts. So but, the exclusive club, so he could be potentially become the fifth member. So are you, are, do you think that's likely? I think, I think he'll make the 40, 40. Uh-huh. Uh, so that's, that's 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases. And there's only four players in it right now. Yeah. And the last guy was in the 70s, I think. So it's been a long time. Yeah. It's been a long time since somebody has actually been inducted. And it's not like a real club. It's just kind of something that has has made its way into the game. It's like a benchmark. Yeah. So I, I he's on track to hit 41. This year I saw a stat that says 41. Mm-hmm. But I think I said earlier, their season is kind of, is kind of getting to a kind of get into a more difficult part. You know, the first half of their season wasn't as difficult as their their next half coming up. So yeah. like I said, as long as he keeps his eye on the ball and keeps swinging the bat, I think he'll be good. He's actually, um, pitches per plate appearance mm-hmm. is one stat I, I found pretty interesting for him this year. Uh-huh. You know, it's only halfway through the season, but he's seeing significantly fewer pitches per plate appearance. Really? Yeah, not significantly more walks, not significantly more hits, mm-hmm. but I think he's just seeing the ball better and he's waiting for that pitch that he wants mm-hmm. or that or that the pitcher leaves over the plate. So he had a two-run homer earlier. Um, I forgot who they were playing, but I got the update on my phone. And there was like a there's like a tracker or something that the Braves website used and it's almost like a virtual thing and it shows it. And it's just impressive, like just the numbers on it, like the speed of the pitches that he's hitting, like how far they're going, how fast they're traveling. I was just like, dude, like this is crazy. Like, because they did it for the last several games. And I was like, man, this is, it's crazy. Yeah, he's he's hitting the ball at least, you know, over a hundred miles an hour off the bat. It was like 108, I think when I saw it earlier. <laughs> I, was like, is, wow. I think the average is like 104. Yeah. So he's above average there, which is insane. Yeah. In its own right, 104 is crazy fast. Yeah. The yeah. league average for for a home run distance, I think, is close to 400 feet. Wow. But yeah, he's hitting the ball really well. He's I doing like, it. I like him for I like him for MVP over Otani. To be honest with you. Really? Yeah. I might have to put you on a quote on the on the website saying that. I might have to have you. <laughs> you heard it first here. You heard it first on the on our podcast. Um, yeah. Uh, so Reds, your expectations for them last half of the season? I want to see them, you know, keep their head in the game. Yeah. You know, they, the, ever since they've, they've had Ellie De La Cruz come up, Spencer Steer come up, uh, Matt McClain start. The only player on the Reds starting lineup that's been through every single game this season has been Jonathan India, and he's he's really good as it is too. Yeah. So I, I'd like to see them uh, continue getting balls in play, continue hustling on bases, stealing bases, um, because they're the fastest team in MLB. Yeah. Like, nope, nobody can nobody can get them out at second. Mm-hmm. So I like to see him keep stealing bases, get them on, get them over, get them in. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, as long as they keep that up, as long as they keep playing gritty and aggressively, I think I think they'll make it to the postseason. I don't I don't think they'll go all the way this year. Yeah. But I think, you know, maybe in a couple years, you know, after they get some experience under their belt and, and get some postseason taste in their mouth, I think they'll be good. Yeah, because that was, that was what I wanted to ask you was, you know, they get to the postseason, what's the ceiling? for like four of them do you think they could make a run or is it just you know first right like what would it be for them um probably max this year probably a divisional pendant mm-hmm. i think i think they'll hit a divisional pendant the brewers are right behind them they're tailing real close yeah i get to watch the game today mm-hmm. uh the, the cincinnati reds played the brewers yeah at home in cincinnati but i didn't get to watch it mm-hmm. uh there was like a rain delay and bronson arroyo actually got inducted to the hall of fame Wow. I watched that part. Yeah. So uh, back to that Brandon Phillips era. But um, anyway, yeah, I, I, I think they'll get a divisional pendant. I think they're, they're slightly more aggressive than the Brewers. The Brewers started off better, but the yeah. Reds have caught back up to the Brewers. And I, and honestly, the NL Central's, you know, pretty decent division yeah. this year. It is. It's not as bad as it has been in the past. So <laughs> I like to see it. Yeah, it's always good that it's always good when they're close and it just keeps the game fun and just because I mean for as many games as baseball is too, you never want to see it be like the divisional winner is like thirty win. It's just you yeah. know, it's to, yeah, it's good to see it close for for once in our lives. But no, man, I, I appreciate you taking time to do this podcast. I think we're gonna have a fun second half of the season. You have lots of good insight um, on a lot of the stuff going on today. But where can people find you on social media if they want to find your work? Because we're gonna have articles and everything from you. So. Sure. Yeah. Uh, you can find me on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, Facebook's just Wes McFan. Instagram is actually McFanstagram. Yeah. So if you want to drop a link down in the description or whatever, uh, you can find me on there too. Oh yeah. I don't have, I don't really use my Snapchat to be hundred percent honest, but it's toxic. I have it. <laughs> <laughs> it's toxic, but yeah, we'll, um, I'll post everything for you and it'll, it'll be on there for people to find you. And, uh, Keep, uh, keep following your content because people seem to be excited about baseball content on Blaze now. So we'll have plenty for them. Heck yeah, man. Yeah. Heck yeah. Well, Wesley McFan, um, Beyond the Bases podcast. Thank you so much for joining us. We'll see you guys next time.